Jesus, you're good to us. We're glad that you're all here. Let's go to the word of the Lord, and then I'll let you rest those legs. Another thing you got to know about us, us worshiping crazy type people is you burn some calories in church. I close my move ring by 1 o'clock p.m. every Sunday. My move ring on my little Apple watch that tells me all of that stuff, I, uh, I close them rings quick on Sunday. And we have a good time in church. It took me about 12 years to figure out that people weren't crazy in church. Yeah, I was raised in this, y'all. I was raised watching people do all the stuff y'all been doing. And uh, it took me still, being raised in this from a child, it took me about 12 years of looking around on Sunday night going, they're crazy. Why did that just happen? It took me about 12 years. So if you're, if you're new or if you're newer to church, you're coming up and you're like, what's going on? It takes a little while to get used to it. But then as time goes on, you realize when you meet those same people that looked funny in church and you hear they were abused for 30 years. They tried every drug, every drink. Mama wasn't there for them. They never had money. And you realize it was one service, one moment at the altar of a church that Jesus changed their life. It all starts to make sense. It all starts to add up. And so I recommend to you, if you think somebody is acting a fool, go ask them their testimony. And then you'll realize that maybe I'm the fool for judging somebody with such a great praise. Such a great, you know, the, you know, the word for praise means to make a fool of yourself for him. It's to set aside who you are, what you want, your pride, so that glory can come to God. You're not really praising God if you're not embarrassed. We're not even preaching on praise today. All right, here we go. Matthew, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 9. 6 and 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Everybody say, your kingdom come. This is how we're supposed to pray, y'all. And in the prayer, I notice an invitation where we say, I want your kingdom. It's the beginning of prayer. The beginning of prayer is an invitation for the kingdom to come. Not my kingdom, his kingdom. Prayer is about asking his kingdom to become your kingdom. His ways, my ways. His thoughts, my thoughts. You start prayer by recognizing this is all about bringing your kingdom to me. Not about bringing my kingdom to you. About bringing your kingdom to me. Your will be done. That's your prayer. On earth as it is in heaven. I know we all pray. We just got to make sure we're praying right. Got to make sure we're praying right because it's easy to get caught up asking for stuff that we don't need. It's easy to think that prayer is about us getting the things we want on the earth. But this is how we're supposed to pray, ladies and gentlemen. We're supposed to pray, his will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I rely on you to bring me what I need to get through this day. And I understand now more and more as the days go on and get darker, I need him every day. We were gone last week with family out of town. 
We were off of our schedule. You can feel when you're off of your daily bread schedule. It's weird about walking with God. You can be catching 44-inch redfish like I did. I'm just throwing that in there. And you can, and you can, be, you can be at the beach and you can be kicking back. But if your spirit's not right with God, you're not on vacation. It's not vacation. Got to have them every day. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Everybody say in Jesus' name. I have a question today as we go to the topic, how's your prayer life? I know, it's weird, isn't it? You thought I was going to say prayer life. It's not a speech impediment. <laughs> Pastor, what's wrong? COVID's messing with you, man. You can't talk right. How's your pear life? How many of you have a Bluetooth speaker? Mine gives me commands. It's the fourth female, fifth, because of Siri. It's the fifth, my mom, sixth, sixth female in my life that gives me commands. My Bluetooth speaker says, ready to pair, ready to pair, ready to pair. I'm like, chill out. I'm looking for my phone. Please relax. Yeah, how's your, your prayer life? You're used to me saying, how's your prayer life? But really the question is that I felt in the Holy Ghost is, is how's your, your pair, your connection? Is it right? Is the connection right? Because you can be talking and not have a right connection. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Thank you once again for being here, guests. Thank you for being here. We can't wait to meet you, connect to you if we haven't. If you're watching online, thank you for watching online. We hope that you could come to church sometime and get to be around us. Uh, as a way of introducing the, the concept today, I felt it was uh, prudent for me to talk about the Apostle Paul and his, uh, his teaching on the two wills that are inside of us that are fighting every single moment, every single day. And I hope that you know today that you do have two voices in your head. I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not weird or crazy. There are times I talk myself out of things, right? It's called a dual nature. And you and I as human beings have a dual nature. One part of you says just divorce her. And the other part says, but she cooks really good. <laughs> you're not weird. You're normal. A part of you, uh, your flesh, is like I'm done. Another part of you, your spirit is like, you can't quit. We're dual-natured creatures, and there is a battle going on because our flesh is always with us. Your spirit is always with you, but so is your flesh. And those of you who have received the Holy Ghost, I have news for you, you still have your flesh. <laughs> and that's why, oh man, that's why when you get the spirit, you go through the wilderness. Because the wilderness is where you can kill the flesh. That's why if some folks come to church, they like it, the Spirit's moving, they feel all this good stuff, and then they have to go through a wilderness season where they get rid of the old life. And that's where they quit church. That's where they never come back. That's where we can't get them in Bible studies anymore, Sister Sharon. It gets hard when you're doing Bible studies and you get to that part where it's like, I have to actually change my life. And they're like, but I don't want that. I want the power and the Spirit, but I don't want to have to go through the wilderness and get rid of the flesh. So listen, the battle of the flesh is ever present with you. The devil's not omnipresent, but flesh is. Some of y'all are like, the devil been chasing me again. There's only one devil, and he's probably not at your house every night. 
You think too much of yourself to think that Lucifer himself is at your dining room table every night while you're sleeping. Who do you think you are? So, so the devil's not omnipresent, but your battle is your flesh. And the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul, he knew that and he talked about that. He actually taught that. And uh, he said, I know that in me, that's in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do the right thing, but how to perform, how to do the thing that's good, I can't find it. I want to, but I can't. That's just a man being real. Once again, that's a man of God being confessional. I know that it shocks some people that preachers would tell the truth in the pulpit, but we learn from our, we learn from our elders. No, we learn from our elders like the Apostle Paul. He is one of the first elders. And my first elder said, we're going to confess things in public. And he confessed that there's times he wants to do good, but he doesn't. I thought you were perfect, Paul. Let's keep reading and find the context. Verse 19 here, the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, I don't want to do evil. I do the evil when I tell myself, do not do the evil. So some of y'all are laughing and you're smiling because you've been there, right? You're like, no, don't. Yeah, but I will. You, you, you have a battle inside of you. You know better. You don't want to, but you just do it anyway. Paul is trying to relate with all of us, and he is relating with all of us because he's understanding that this is not the way I want to go. Look, the, the way that you know that you're really walking with God is not always by your action, but by your intention. And Paul was saying, I don't want this life, but this life, I have to fight it every day. So don't get discouraged whenever you have a slip up or a moment of mistake. What matters is, is in your heart, uh, I don't want to be this person. I'll do everything I can to not be this person. That's what you're trying to become as a Christian. So he says in verse 20, now if I do that I would not, if I do the things that I'm not supposed, it is no more I that do it. If I do the things I'm saying I don't want to do them, it's not me Listen, y'all, this is important. But sin that dwells in me. And that's how you can stay married. You can stop making it personal. That's how you can forgive your parents that abused you. Well, my dad was never there for me. Your dad's a sinner. Don't expect a whole lot from sinning people. Don't expect a whole lot from people that are broken. People that don't have grace, don't have mercy, don't have Jesus Christ in their life, don't expect a whole lot, even from your own parents, because they're just humans. But we, we, we think that, that people should be perfect, and Paul is saying, I had good intentions, but sin is in me, and until I deal with sin, I'm going to keep messing up. So, in verse 24, he gives the answer. Oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? And then he answers in 25 and says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the answer. He's the deliverer to help me overcome the sin and the battle of this flesh. Jesus is the answer for the battle of the wheel going on inside of you right now. It is not wrong to have temptation. It is not wrong to feel a pull. It's wrong to give in to it. Whenever you feel a pull, go to prayer. When you fill a pool, go to prayer. Pool equals prayer. The pool means it's time to pray. 
When you have a voice in your head that's not right, your flesh is talking to you. I thank God that Jesus Christ is able to deliver me from the body of this death. There is a solution to the pull of your flesh, the voice of your flesh that's always there nagging at you to make the wrong choice. Paul's context of attempting to be good was in reference to not sinning. In other words, just staying obedient to the will of God. God, I want your will to be done, not my will to be done. My will wants to punch them. My will wants to run them off the road. My will wants to go ahead and just show them a finger right in the middle of my hand. My, my will wants to do sign language on the highway. My will wants to quit. My will. But you have to say, but what's your will? Jesus. You're never going to get rid of your flesh. It's there, y'all. It gets tired. It gets sick. It gets angry. It doesn't get the food it wants, and it gets cranky. Some women say amen today. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't get the dinner ready, and just there's crankiness, and there's tired, and I worked all day, and the flesh is saying be mad, and the flesh. But, but what is Jesus saying? Because he was tired too, and he didn't eat sometimes too, and he had bad days too. What's his will? Let it be done in my life, Jesus. Let your will be done in my life, Lord. See, in this context, it wasn't a struggle of taking the trash out. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like, oh, I'm struggling with taking the trash out for my wife, or I'm struggling because I, I keep forgetting to brush my teeth at night. It wasn't like these small things, or, or it's like I'm, I'm struggling with, with giving toys for tots or coats for the homeless. This wasn't about being good by society's definition. It's about being right with God. He was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up with God. I don't like it, and I want to be right with Him. I want Him to, to guide me and speak to me and lead me. I don't want to be wrong, and I want to give in to my flesh. No good thing in my flesh. He was saying there's a massive temptation to give in to the selfish flesh and simply serve self. Paul knew what he should do because he knew the law of God. But there was another law that said, forget what God thinks. Just take the forbidden fruit and eat it. The law of the flesh. But we need to take a step back today. Just pull out our list of life goals that we have desires for. And give the pen over to the author and the finisher of our faith. And say, you write my story you write the narrative. You take over because I'm sick and tired of doing things my way. I want to hear from heaven. I want your will to be done. I want your power in my life. Jesus, I'm tired of doing things my way, running it my way, my flesh, my emotions, my up and down decision making that never brings fruit in my life, Lord. I want to hear from Jesus. Take over my life, Lord. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and just before he is taken to be crucified, he pulls out the list of things he would like to see accomplished. And number one on the list was, I don't want to have any pain today. That's what happened. He prayed that. He prayed. He said, I don't want this pain. That was him being honest again. It's okay to confess. It's okay to say out loud, I don't like this. And he prayed in that garden and he began to pray, I don't want this pain. I want to escape this. I don't want to do this. It's going to hurt. It's going to be bad for me. That was the will of his flesh. He was not sinning because he didn't want to go through that. He felt it. He had temptation, but he didn't give in to it. It wasn't sin. It didn't mean he wasn't holy. There's no reason to hang your head and have guilt. What you do whenever you're tempted to quit is you go to prayer. And you say things like this, but nevertheless, 
not my will be done. I have a will, I have something I want to do, but hold on a second. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. As he was praying in that garden, the Spirit took out a massive eraser and began to erase his goals, his desires, and replace it with a new objective that said, we go to the cross because this is the will of God. The Spirit is willing. The flesh, the flesh is weak. And when the Spirit, sorry, when the flesh is saying no, oftentimes, this is how you know, when your flesh is saying no, oftentimes, the heaven is saying to go. How do you know God's speaking to you? How do you know God is talking to you? Because typically the opposite of your flesh is usually God's voice. I know what I need to do a lot of times because I let my flesh tell me that I don't like something. Oh, I have to call them and I have to try to make amends with someone I don't like? I don't want to do that. That's probably, I need to do that. <laughs> Anytime your flesh is saying no, typically heaven is saying go. The Spirit is saying launch. And that's how you know God is probably speaking to you. When you come to church and a party is uncomfortable, that's a good sign you probably need to go back next Sunday. Well, Pastor, I'm going to have to go find a church that makes me comfortable. Which part of you, your spirit or your flesh? Hmm. I know how people are. I'm going to try this church out, and, you know, if everybody's nice to me, it's easy. I like it. Tacos are good. Uh, if, they, if they do my songs and, the, you know, the pastor is cool, then, you know, I think I'll feel like it's the will of God. Like, you, you, need, you need to go to a church that makes your flesh uncomfortable. Because only then can your spirit get comfortable. If your flesh is uncomfortable, typically your spirit is comfortable. And they cannot be comfortable together. It's impossible for God to be pleased and for your flesh to be pleased. But that happens a lot. Everyone can tell you what they want, but can you tell where it's from. Is what you want from God or from your flesh? I want something. Must be the Lord talking to me. No, there's two parts of you. You better find out which one's talking to you right now. I just feel that I, you better feel from God and not from yourself. Your little, little voice inside your head is not spiritual. It can be you. It's, it's not magical, y'all. You, you think silently. It's not an angel on your shoulder or a devil. It's your thoughts. And sometimes you have these thoughts and you think it's God, but you're not spiritual. So it's probably not God. You better be careful having weird thoughts if you're not spiritual. Because you have voices. There's three voices. There's the devil, there's yours, and there's Jesus Christ. You've got to figure out which one's talking to you. A lot of people have voices. Well, pastor, I just have this voice in me that says, who told you? Well, I just have a voice inside. It could be the devil. Be careful listening to that voice. Make sure your flesh is under subjection and the spirit is in charge because that voice can mess your life up. That voice in your head can take you down a road you don't want to go down. Make sure you've got the right voice. If we're going to be authentic, 
church that has regular manifestations of heaven on earth, and that's what we want today to happen. God, bring down heaven in this place today. We'll need to understand the lesson Jesus taught on prayer. Jesus did not say, pray like this. Thy will be done in heaven as it is on earth. I want to have what I want on, on this earth. I want it to be done in heaven. Lord, I'm bringing my earthly desires to heaven so that you can make them possible. That's not how we're supposed to pray. That's how we pray, but it's not how we're supposed to pray. Y'all can be honest in this church. You don't, have to, you don't have to be like, I don't know what he's talking about. You know when you want something, you go to prayer and you're like, but Lord, I really want these earthly things to be up there, you know? Like, my kids are so depressed every time I tell them that heaven won't have toys. What? Like, Aspen asked me the other day, he was like, what are we going to do in heaven? And I was like, just worship. He was like, oh. <laughs> that it? That's it. Just praise the Lord. He's like, we're going to eat? No. We won't need anything. Isn't that fun? He's like, no. No. We, we want all of these things here on the earth, and we pray like that. James even wrote, when you pray, you guys pray from the lust of your flesh or the will of your flesh. And that's why God doesn't answer your prayers. It, he said, you pray amiss. You miss. You miss when you pray. Ever felt like your prayers missed? Why don't you pray something he wants you to pray, and they'll hit. But you miss because you pray your will and you hit when you pray his will. If you ask your father for something that he wants to give you, you'll get it. I wish God would answer my prayer. Change your prayers. Lord, teach me to be better at praying. He's like, I already wanted that for you. Here you go. Let me help you. But you're like, Lord, give me a Corvette. He's like, you can't even take care of your Kia, all right? Give you a Corvette. You can't even change the oil on your Kia. Talking about your Corvette, man. Things trashed out, nasty. I ain't giving you no Corvette. By the way, y'all can get whatever y'all want if you got 300,000 miles on it. I'm not impressed by your Mercedes. Some of y'all trying to be flashy out there with y'all 300,000 mile Mercedes that cost $4,000. No. I am not falling for it. I see these gangsters rolling around Austin, big old wheels, get their sound system. And I'm like, how many miles you got on that thing? 400,000? Yeah, it's worth $5,000. Yeah. I just had to get it off my chest. <laughs> People are like, I can't believe them pastor driving that new Mercedes. I'm like, y'all, a Toyota Camry costs three times as much as that. Some people don't know their cars. My dad, my dad and family were in car business. I know the value of a car. It has, it has more to do with the mileage and how new it is than it does the brand on the sticker. Y'all have y'all's BMWs that break down all the time. Y'all can have all that, all right? <laughs> how much the old chain? $600? No, I'm good. Thanks. I'll stick with my Kia. Thank you. Lord, y'all pray for me. <laughs> so God's not answering your prayer. That's what we're talking about. There are two, everybody say crazy prayers. Crazy. I'm going to help some of y'all. Y'all might laugh a little bit, but I'm going to help some of y'all. You ready? Or you might cry. Here we go. <laughs> crazy prayers. Everybody say, you ready for this? There are two categories of crazy prayers. I'm going to help somebody today in this place in Jesus' name. Number one is your robot prayers. When you pray for God to make someone do something and violate their own will. They don't work, y'all. You cannot go around praying robot prayers and violate people's will. You do it all the time. We all do it. Lord, save their soul. Like right now. Like, Lord, 
I don't care what they're doing, slap them across the head and make them Christians. They must be saved. And God's like, well, all right, all of a sudden I love God. Oh, that's weird. I don't want to drink anymore. You know, it's like we, we pray robot prayers. And so I understand what you're praying, but just make sure you're in context. We, we pray stuff like, like, Lord, I just want them to fall in love with me. What is God's not, he's not Cupid, all right? He's not a go around, but we pray stuff like that. Lord, I just love them so much. If you could just make them fall in love with me. What if you're asking God to violate somebody's will? Like you're asking God to be like, you do love them. They're like, yes, I do, Jesus. I love them. I want to marry them. Like we, we pray robot prayers all the time. Or some of y'all pray prayers like make them not fall in love with me. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, Jesus, can you help them not love me? Because, whoo, Lord have mercy. I'm going to move past that one real fast. Make, make them give me a raise on my job, Jesus. You, you, hold on. You want God to roll up in Target, talk to the general manager, and be like, this person needs a raise. And just inspire them and make them go, okay, well, I'll just give them a raise. I don't know why. Just, you're getting a raise. Never show up on time for work. You can't even push the buggies back without getting on your phone, checking Instagram. But you want God to give you a raise because of magical powers. Like, are you, are you serious? Here's how you should be praying. Lord, help me do my job good enough to where my manager will see it and maybe I'll get a raise. Why don't you pray something that's in actually control? God changed me, put favor on my life so that I can be an example and a light and you can use it as an avenue for me to get a raise. But we pray, we pray robot prayers, and you get mad at God all the time because we're like, where is Jesus at? He doesn't answer my prayers. Jesus, make them hire me. Just, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going on a job interview. What, do you, what am I praying? To make you get the job? Lord Jesus, now you know I'm a pastor, so you make that boss give them a job. You hear me? I don't care. I don't care if he's not qualified at all. You give him a job. What are we praying? We're supposed to be praying God's will. So, so you can't want something more than God does pray his will. So just be careful when you're praying. You, you pray stuff like, if you could just make them nicer. If you could just make my husband get off the couch. Jesus, I pray, change my husband. And God's like, I'm trying. It's hard. <laughs> Trust me, y'all. Nobody wants the husband changed more than Jesus. But are you praying for Jesus to take over the brain of your husband. And you get mad when he doesn't do it. You forget the scripture where it says that, that women who are living correctly and have the proper character can help win or turn their husband's hearts. Yeah. But we're praying robot prayers because we don't study the Bible. Make my wife say something I'm actually good at and not nag all the time, Jesus. Lord, can just one day I come home and she's thankful that I actually have a job and we have food and we're paying the bills? Can just one day, for one day, for five minutes, can she just be thankful and be positive? And we pray God will make them change. Everybody say robot prayers. The second category that's crazy is undo prayers. You want to hit the undo button? What is it on a computer? Command? I don't want to do that. I might go back to last week's message. I don't know. Start preaching the end of last week's message. Uh, musicians come. <laughs> Undo prayers is when you make bad choices, but then you want them to go away. 
Y'all pray, y'all pray them bad. Yeah, you, you pray those bad things out, don't you? That was so dumb, Jesus. If you will just get me out of this. <laughs> yeah, undo. Everybody say undo prayer. Undo my bad grades because I don't want to study. Lord, Lord, I'm failing. You have to fix this, Jesus. Because I didn't want to study or put the work in, Lord, undo it. And if you don't, then you're not real. It doesn't work, guys. It doesn't. You read your Bibles. You're not praying right. You're not paired up right. The sink is wrong. You got this wrong. Undo prayers. Undo my bad credit because I'm bad with money. Yeah, that's how we pray. Just, just want to open up your credit score one day. All of a sudden, I got an 800. That's so weird. It was 395 two weeks ago. Jesus is good. Y'all, that wouldn't help any of y'all because then you'd be able to afford something again. And that's the last thing you need is a payment. You better thank God for your bad credit. It's keeping you out of worse trouble. Y'all feel what I just felt? Some of y'all need to have a praise for some bad credit up in this house today because it's keeping y'all from going down and getting another credit card, buying a car you don't need, or putting something on layaway at Toys R Us. You need to make sure you give God some praise today because he blocked it, and you're mad, and you want God to undo it. Jesus, help us undo my retirement problems because I didn't save my whole life. I blew it all, and I thought the Lord was coming back. And then we get to prayer at the age of 65 and go, Lord, if you're real, you're getting me out of this. And God's like, I've been real all your life you were in church. I've told you all your life to, to make sure you're wise. You ignored me. So you don't blame me for the things you did. You just live poor and just be excited about heaven, really. You know? <laughs> See, some of y'all need to, need to be poor in retirement because you're about to die soon. So you need to be like, Jesus, <laughs> I'm about to die soon, and I don't want nothing but heaven because I have nothing. I'm poor. You know? See, God knows what he's doing for some of y'all. Some of y'all can't laugh because that's you today. You're like, it's hitting home. <laughs> Pastor, it's getting real up in here. How about this one? Don't, don't throw anything at me, all right? Y'all good? No tomatoes in here? No tacos? No breakfast tacos? I'll eat them if you throw them at me. I'll eat them right now. <laughs> Jesus, undo my bad health decisions because I choose to eat like a slob. I know the science. I have a phone and the intranet. I know all this stuff, but I love to do it. And now I'm sick. So undo it. And Jesus is like, no. <laughs> Go on a fast. <laughs> Change your diet. Learn your lesson. There was one time I was so sick, I was eating so bad in this season of my life. It was actually last week, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was so, I was so sick, I knew it was because I was eating junk. Like, there's like an age where you think you're invincible. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day, look in the mirror, and go, it didn't work. <laughs> I am not invincible. And in your 20s, you think you can eat anything. You just eat everything. And then, like, you get married, and one day you're looking in the mirror like, What happened? What happened? Yeah. But, like, there's this moment where you just think you're good. But there was this one time I was eating like trash. 
and I was getting a little older, and I was like, Jesus, I'm so sick. And I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm telling you right now, if you'll just heal me right now, I'll never eat sugar again. I'll never go back to that buffet. I will never have a soft drink. And you make all these promises, Lord, just undo my bad decisions. You know what? He didn't, he didn't answer my prayer. I was still sick, and I had to finally realize God's not bad, and God's not mean. I have to change some things in my life, and this is God's way of helping me learn the lesson the hard way. You reap what you sow. And it's not wrong or bad, and God still loves you, and he still cares, and he still answers prayers. But you have to make sure you don't do the robot prayers, and make sure you don't do the undo prayers. The last one, Jesus, help my kids be great people, even though I was bad to them their whole life. I abused them, I beat them, I called them stupid to their face, I told them I never believed in them. All of a sudden, you're like, but Lord, you got to save them. They battle so much junk from their raising, and if it's not you, then just ignore me. But people battle so much junk from their raising, and I'm not talking about discipline, because discipline's not bad. Discipline is good, it's a godly thing. I'm talking about abuse. The, it, the rest of their lives, they battled the stuff. And you know what makes it worse? Is when we take them to church and we pray and dance across the church. And then we take them home, we call them stupid to their face. They don't want to have anything to do with God. But here's how we pray after we act like that. But Lord, save them. You can do anything. We take zero responsibility. Every child, if you're in this place today and you have children that you've made mistakes with, Every one of your children deserve a phone call, a hug, or a meeting where you sit down with them and you apologize for everything you've done wrong and you let it all out and you confess it and you say, I tried to serve God and I failed and I want you to forgive me because they have deep issues and we want God to undo everything we've done and we won't lift a finger to try to make things right because we don't want to go to bed tonight thinking we may have made our kids go to hell. But you know what? If they're not dead, if they're alive, make the phone call. While you've got time, you participate with Jesus. Don't put it all on him when you've got a voice and you can speak and you can say, I'm sorry. You do your part. Hear me today. Listen, it's interesting how we ask God to work in people's lives or in our own lives as if we're not his body on the earth. That's it's funny, we're like, Lord, if you can do something without me. And he's like, but you're a part of me. Why are you asking Jesus to do stuff without you? You know what, if you can ask the Lord to do things without you, you're not a part of him. A good way to know you're not belonging to Jesus Christ is whenever you're asking God to do stuff in your neighborhood without you. Do stuff in your marriage without you. Y'all hearing me today? Do stuff in your job without you. If you're asking Jesus to do work in the kingdom without his people, then you're not his people. You don't belong to him. It's like working at Walmart, seeing trash on the ground, and you call the owner of Walmart and be like, hey, look, I found some trash on the ground. Can you get it fixed? Guess what the owner's going to do? Excuse me, sir, do you work here? Why aren't you picking up the trash on the ground? You work here too. And sometimes when we pray, we pray that. We say, oh, Lord, by the way, there's trash on the ground. And the Lord's like, let me get one of my volunteers. Let's see, Kurt. That's me. Yeah, you work for me. So why are you telling me about problems you can fix? Because I'm just going to hire you to do it. 
Some of the prayers we pray, we ask God to fix, and he asks us to be involved in them, and we say no because it will cost us too much. We forget that we are also called to sacrifice. We are also called to be used by him, but the breakdown is the pairing's not right. We're not synced up with our Savior. We're not hearing the messages, and God help us today in this service. Make sure we're connected so that he can speak to us. A lot of our issues come from the timing of our prayers. We pray about stuff after it's bad. Somebody want to wave your hand and say, yeah, I've done that before? Yeah. It's like planting a tree and then spending years watering the tree, getting it nice and big and strong, and then begging God to get rid of the tree. And then being like, God, you must not love me because the tree's still there. And Jesus is like, this is your favorite tree. You did this. You love that tree. And now you want me to kill that tree? That's kind of how we act with our timing. The scripture says, God is not mocked whatever, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And I'm not talking about the baggage you have getting in the church because we all have baggage when we first come to church. I'm talking about the baggage that you added after you had Bible studies and got the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the decisions you made when you had a Bible study that said don't do it, but you did it anyway. You can't get mad at your God. He told you. You have to get God off the hook today, and you've got to understand he loves you, he wants to talk to you, but you've got to talk the right way. You've got to get the pair right. I know you pray, but do, are you paired? I know you've got your prayer life, but do you have the right pair life? Are you connected right? Is he in charge of the conversation? Jesus, that's the purpose of this service today. Help us, God. If we just spend as much time praying about planting the tree as we did getting God to remove the tree, Maybe you wouldn't be so frustrated trying to worship a God with a big old tree in your face. But we pray prayers after they go wrong, and then we're like, God, where are you? He's like, I was there in the beginning. You didn't talk to me. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. He will never leave or forsake us. He is there at the conception. But we pray prayers of abortion. Our God is a God that wants to be there in the beginning of decisions, not the end. Our God is a God that wants us to come to him when we're first tempted. You'll never get in the back seat if you have a prayer meeting before you go on the date. You'll never end up in jail if you pray early on. But we waste our connection to our Father because we're not paired right and we want to go find him after we get in trouble and the timing's all wrong. Pray before you make the decision. Pray before you lose your mind. Pray before you get divorced. Pray before you get married. Pray before. Because our God is not a God of abortion. He's a God of conception. Our God wants to build something right, not tear down what's wrong all the time. Our God wants to prevent, not always restore. And I know that the church loves to talk about restoration, but listen to me. The reason why we had to perfect our restoration is because we haven't messed with our prevention. You know what the elders used to preach? The elders used to preach prevention. And they weren't real good at restoration. But you know why? Because they had a whole lot more practice with prevention than they did with the abortions. The elders used to say, don't get in trouble. And I won't have to bail you out of trouble. And the reason why the church wasn't real good with helping people that made mistakes is because there wasn't a whole lot of them out there. They were saying, don't go, don't do it, don't wear it, don't talk it. And a lot of people were trying to stay away and prevent 
But we've got to get back to the place where we speak to God and say, Lord, is it your will before I make a move? Is it your will? You know, even smaller things because Jesus loves us. Is it your will for me to raise my, wife, my, my voice to my wife? Pray about everything. Lord, I want heaven. I want your kingdom and my kingdom. I want you to speak. I want you to help me, Lord. I want to hear your voice for everything. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. I'm about to close here. I don't know about y'all, but I need to hear him every day. I, I can't get through one day without knowing what's right. The world is so crazy. Decisions are so difficult. I've got to hear from Jesus. Lord, help us today to get the pair connection right. Help us, God. Help us to pray about the conceptions so we don't have to pray so much about the abortions. Help us, Jesus. Most folks only know how to say, God, stop this. When our prayer should be, God, start this. I feel the power of God in this place. Today in this place, you don't need to come down here to the altar and say, another thing for you to stop. But what if you started saying another thing for you to start? Maybe start some love in me. Maybe start some peace in me. Maybe start some long-suffering in me. Maybe start some wisdom in me. Maybe start me on a fast. Start me on a prayer. Maybe if you would pray the prayers of God, start me. You wouldn't have to pray prayers of God. Stop things. Save yourself the pain. I want a word from God before I get married, before I make a move, before you go on that date, before you quit that job, before you backslide and quit, before you get the promotion, before you die, before the divorce, before eternity in hell. Why are you waiting to pray? The whole purpose of prayer is to find out what to do, not to get out of trouble. We've all gotten in trouble and said, Lord, if you'll get us out of trouble, I'm telling you, I'll never do it again. How many of y'all have said that prayer in one way or another before? Look across this room, everybody, because some of you think you're alone in that. That's not blasphemy. You, You made a promise and you lied. That's called being human. That's called you making promises you can't keep. We do that stuff. It's okay. We've all done that stuff. We're human. That's why the Bible says, let your yea be yea, your nay be nay, and not to swear because you can't promise anything. You can just make a good commitment and try your best. Release yourself of that. Pray before. Jesus, help us today. So today, as I close, prayer is... It's all about being in sync, like synchronize. That's where that sync comes from on all your apps and your Android, sync, S-Y-N-C, sync. It comes from the word synchronize or to beat, to play, to match at the same time. To pair. What does that word mean? Well, it's something to eat, huh? Pear. No, no, not, not pear, not fruit. Some of y'all don't have technology. I have to explain this to you. You're like, what does a pear have to do with the message? How many of y'all have a pair of shoes? You mean you don't wear two different ones? You have matching shoes. You have identical shoes. So 
When we say today, how's your pair life? We're saying, how identical are you to the kingdom? How aligned is your will with his will? Do you think his thoughts? Do you make decisions he would make? That's the pair. And that's why my old Bluetooth speaker says, ready to pair. See, my Bluetooth speaker, I like to feel, is begging me for a source because it's pointless without a source. Talk about insecurity problems. I think my Bluetooth speaker has insecurity problems. It's almost like a desperate call for help. Ready to pair. Ready to pair. I'm just a, I'm just a pointless speaker if I don't have a source. If I have no source, I am useless. Who in this place today? It's not connected right. You're not in sync with your Savior. You're not paired right. You pray, but the pairing is messed up. Jesus, I, I want to make sure that you're the source and that I'm hearing from you and you're telling me your will and I'm not just sitting here telling you my will. What's your will, God? What's your will, God? I was talking to one of my elders in my life yesterday on the phone and I was like, I, I want to be able to be in pain. This is just something personal I wanted to tell you. I want to be able to be in pain and hear from God. Because it's hard for me when I'm not feeling good to hear from anybody else been there before. You're just like, oh man, I just need to, oh, I need to lay down. And you're like trying to, to hear from God and you're in pain. And I told, my, I told this elder, I said, I want to be able to be in pain. I want to be able to hear from God. And he said, man, that's great. We talked about it. And he told me a story. He said, you know what? God loves talking to us. He loves talking to us every day, all the time, if we'll just listen. And I was thinking, if we'll just let him be the source, it will come through. He said, one day I was going to go to Deerlease. This is not super spiritual, but the Lord loves us. And he said, I told my wife that the Lord said, go down to Lowe's and look, there's going to be a lumber to get some bridge, to build a bridge across the creek at the Deerlease so you can get the rest of Deerlease. And he said, man, the Lord is so good, I trust him. And he went to Lowe's and right on top, two big 16-foot beams. They were kind of curved a little. The employee came out and said, you know what? Uh, can I help you, sir? And he said, well, I'm looking at these beams. And the employee said, well, those, those aren't very good. They've got a little curve. We'll probably give them to you. Let me go talk to the manager. Manager comes out and says, I'm going to sell them to you for $1. Two big beams. They were worth about 160 bucks each. They were massive and uh, treated. And so he got these beams for $1 each because they had a little bow. Perfect for him. Here's what's crazy about it. He didn't even know where he was going to put the bridge. Because so far, there was nowhere on the deer lease that had an opening that was less than 16 foot. He said, God, if you've spoken to me about the beams, then you have a place to put them. And he went to the deer lease, and he's driving around, and he said, I'm going to go down places I've never been and look at this river, this creek, and places I've never been. And sure enough, as he began to make his way through that creek, it began to get more narrow and more narrow and more narrow, and he found a place 12 foot wide that was perfect for the bridge. He said, if we will let God speak, he will talk to us about everything just to show us that he cares he said now i know that's not very spiritual but when you walk with jesus he helps you in things in ways you never dreamed he'd help you 
He inspires you and speaks to you in ways you never think about. Just to show you that he's there. Just to show you that he cares. Just to show you that he loves you. He can give you things nobody else can give you. I hope I'm not sounding weird to y'all. We can reach a place with God that he literally can talk to us about everything you're dealing with in your life, about every attitude you have, about every way you work and make money. Jesus cares. But you have to pray like this. I want to pay right. I want to hear from you. I want to let your kingdom be done. I want you to bring your kingdom, and I want to hear your will, and I want to do your will. Lord, help us today to make the connection, to sync up, to synchronize, to be on beat, to at the same beat with the heartbeat of God. I want to have that close walk with God because in the last days, I trust nothing but his voice. Nothing. How many of you have figured it out? I can't trust anything but Jesus. How many of you have tried people and they've let you down? And now you know this is the only solid foundation. It's the only rock to build on. It's the only safe place in this world, in this universe. It's just the voice of my Jesus and his word. I want this now more than ever. Y'all, I'm getting to a place where if God's not speaking to me and helping me, I just don't feel right. Bible says, and Enoch walked with God and he was not. He was taken. He was translated. He was poof, gone. Why did God take Enoch miraculously? Because he walked with God. Come on, Jesus, let's go for a walk. Everywhere I go, you go. I'm with you. But I have to wonder Enoch wasn't, wasn't pulling Jesus. He wasn't pulling the Lord. He was walking with God. Wherever God goes, I go. If you say go right, I go right. If you say buy it, I buy it. If you say don't do what I don't do. We bought six and a half acres. We were hoping to build. We spent money on plans. And the Lord said, no, not right now. Don't do it. I said, okay. I want to hear from God. I'm safe hearing from God. I'm safe in his voice. Does anybody want that walk with God? I don't know if anybody lied to you or didn't tell you it's possible, but I rise today and challenge you and tell you every one of you is qualified to hear from God. If it hadn't been for Jesus, you wouldn't even found church. Don't you tell me God don't speak to sinners. He'll talk to the worst sinner. Everybody in this room right now, you can hear from my God. He will speak to you. Just turn it on and say, I want to pair. I want to sync up. I want to be found. I want to be connected to. Turn it on. Go to your settings in your heart. Go find it and flip it and refresh it because it says searching, searching, searching. I believe Jesus is searching right now for, a, for somewhere to put his voice. I believe Jesus is searching for someone to talk to. I don't believe he doesn't want to talk. He wants to love us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to sync with us. He wants to beat with the same rhythm. He wants to pair with us. All across this place, can we close our eyes, open up our hearts, and begin to pair, ready to pair. Ready to pair. Ready to pair.
If you feel like being a little bit weird for a breakthrough, why don't you just say it out loud, ready to pair. <laughs> it's a call to Jesus. I'm ready to hear your voice. I'm ready to be a flow. I'm ready to have your flow. Ready to pair. I'm open. My battery's charged. I'm ready for you, Jesus. Speak to me every morning. Speak to me every day, God. Talk to me all the time. I know I can live this way, God. I don't trust the media. I don't trust people, but I trust your voice, God. He talked with everybody in the Word of God. Why can't he talk to us? If you feel like you've done the worst things, he'll talk to you to get you out of those things. He wants to help us today. Oh, I'm ready to pair, God. How's your pair life, ladies and gentlemen? Is he the source? Are you connected? Or is it just your flesh, just your anger, just your emotions? Is he going to speak through you? Let him take your voice over today. Let him take your mind over today. Thy kingdom come. Come on, somebody say it. Thy kingdom come. Oh, God, I invite your kingdom in this kingdom. I invite you to make choices and decisions for my family, for my life, for my marriage. I'm ready to pair, God. I want a good pair life, not just a good prayer life. I want to make sure he's the source. And I'm not just talking all the time. I want to make sure he's speaking to me. I want to echo Jesus. I want to echo God. I meet people that are so broken and don't have the wisdom to help them. I want to echo you, God. Pastor, can I get remarried? I've been divorced. I don't know. I need Jesus to tell me. But the Bible says, you're right. I have to talk to him. What do I do? I'm, I'm upset. I don't know what to do. Just, just say I'm ready to pair. I'm discoverable. You can find me. I'm on and I'm ready. Just sink with me, Jesus. Just sink with me right now before I leave this place. Just talk to me. If you're a father, if you're a mother, if you have children, for the sake of your kids, you need more than you for them. You need to make sure that you have a higher power, a greater voice. There's going to come times in your child's life, you'll need more than man's wisdom, more than money, more than doctors, more than lawyers. You'll need God. So learn to hear him today before you leave this place. I'm ready to pair God. Come on, 10 minutes before we leave, 10 minutes. We have one service on, on Sunday for most of you. Most Sundays we get out and we're done. We can do this. 10 minutes. 10 minutes to pair. Turn on, the, turn on your speaker. Turn on your heart uh, and say, I'm ready. I'm discoverable. Come on, let's hang out for a minute, can we? We'll dismiss together in a moment. Uh, but can we pray in the name of Jesus? Oh, God.
Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want you to close your eyes. Let's pray this prayer together. I'm going to tell you how to turn your speaker on. You ready? This is how you get connected to Jesus. I'm going to say it, then you can say it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now you've got to pray this. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I didn't talk about this, but hear me, y'all. And forgive us our debts. You better clean yourself from the things you've done. You've got to get that out. Now watch this. As we forgive our debtors. Because if you've got some drama going on with somebody else, you're not going to be able to have a good connection. That's part of this process. That's how you become discoverable. That's how you get a prayer life with God. Here we go. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's how you turn on and become discoverable. That's how you can hear from God right there. Follow the way Jesus told us to pray and you can hear from him. That's not something you recite. That's something that you mean. And whenever you live this way and you breathe this and digest this, you can hear from God. Clean your heart up, clean you up, get your relationships right. Let God's will be done and you can hear from God. He will speak to you, everyone. He will help you with the small things and the big things alike. We have to hear from God. One more time, can we lift up some hands? Can we give God some worship? Can we open our hearts up? What's he saying to us right now? What's he speaking to you? I challenge you to actually listen. Are you plugged in? What's he saying? There's some deep things that you've been battling and struggling with. You haven't had answers. But I'm telling you right now, better than a pastor, the good shepherd will speak to you and give you direction right now. What kind of peace do you feel as he talks to you? What kind of direction do you feel right now for your life? You're seeking answers. You have big questions. In the name of Jesus, he is well able to give you the answers that you're seeking. If you will seek him the right way, let him speak to you right now. He'll clear it up. He'll fix the drama. He'll handle the marriage. He'll work out the money issues. But let him speak. Let him speak through you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, release your word. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Oh, God, I need you, Jesus. Before we leave, let's sing it out together. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. One more time, everybody. With your heart open up before we leave this place, I'm yours, God. I'm yours, God. I love this life. 
I love this life. I love it when you help me. Oh, God. Every hour I need thee. Oh, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to, to thee. Oh, thank you, God. We love you. Can we lift up our hands and thank him for talking with us, for walking with us, for loving us and guiding us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I need you. I need you. I need you every day, Lord. I need you, Jesus. Woo. Yeah, you're good, Lord. Yeah, you're good, Lord. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear from you, Jesus. Somebody say praise Jesus. Is anybody glad you've got more information than the Internet? Anybody glad you have access to more knowledge than all the smartest friends in, that you got? Anybody glad you know more than the CDC? You know more than the United Nations? You know more than the highest governments because when the King of Kings speaks to you, you've got the insider information. You know what to do and when to do it. We're the most blessed people in the world to have Jesus talk to us. Woo! My God is good. That's it. Go ahead. Receive it, my friend. Receive it, my friend. Let the Holy Ghost fill you right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. We've got young men seeking the Holy Ghost, seeking Jesus, wanting to be filled with the Spirit of God, wanting to turn their hearts to God. Doesn't matter how old you are, you can pair up with Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're brand new, you can pair up with Jesus. He'll speak to the old. He'll speak to the young. He'll speak to those who've been in church a long time and those who just walked in the doors. Jesus wants to speak to us. Oh, God, I feel your spirit. Hear me, hear me. You don't have to be good to hear from God. In fact, you would never get good if you never heard from God. Somebody right now that's in the middle of a mess, uh, Jesus still wants to talk to you. With your mistakes and your sin, Jesus talks to sinners. Jesus meets with sinners. Jesus eats with sinners. Jesus goes home with sinners. Hey, hey, hey. Hear me, somebody. Hear me, somebody. Woo. Jesus speaks to children. Jesus speaks to children. Yeah. Jesus speaks to the Jews and the Samaritans. No matter your nationality, no matter what they say about you, Jesus speaks with you. Jesus loves you. Jesus is reaching for you. That's our God. That's our God.
He speaks to the rich. He speaks to the poor. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody rejoice that he loves you, that he speaks to you. <laughs> I may not deserve it, but he cares for me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Let's give God a praise. He's a good God. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. Oh. <laughs> Woo, that's it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Victoria. In the nombre de Jesus. Recibir Espiritu de Jesus Cristo. Ojola. Gloria a Dios, mi hermano. Woo! <laughs> oh, it's good to be able to have a walk with him. Hey. is here right now. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is moving right now. <laughs> hey, listen. Some of y'all have never been Catholic before. But when you're Catholic... And they tell you you have to go to a man who gets drunk and drinks all the time. You go to a man who messes with the kids in Sunday school. You go to a man. That's not all of them. But when you go to a flawed man, the point I'm trying to make is when you've been told that a man who's just a man, you've got to go to him to get to God. And then you find out that Jesus is the high priest. And then you learn that you can go straight from your sin to your Savior. You go straight from your problems to the one who can solve them. It makes you want to shout. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to give God a praise that he is approachable, that he is tangible, that he is a real living Savior. Oh, God, you're good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the joy of the Holy Ghost. 